Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out here. <laughs> I really thought that I was gonna be able to knock this out at 7:30, but uh, here we are, uh, 20 minutes later, and and no, but uh, but we're still ahead of schedule. We're still kind of. Uh, where we need to be to actually get this uh, uh, done in time for the uh, the game tonight. But I'm also all out of sorts. Uh, if anybody isn't aware, we're just coming off of Big Sis uh, release on Friday, which meant that I unhooked all of this stuff because I brought this mixer. So <laughs> coming back here, I had to get it all hooked back up. But everything looks like it's working. It looks like you guys can hear me. Um, I can see myself, so that's a, that's a good sign. Uh, if you're new to this, it is a podcast, so you can be listening wherever you want to listen or whenever you want to listen. Um, but the way the show really shines is to do it live, which typically normally on a normal Monday, uh, we go somewhere around nine 30 and, um, uh, and you can hang out on uh, Facebook and, uh, and, uh, YouTube and Twitch or wherever you like to, to stream things and, uh, and watch that way. We're a little earlier tonight because uh, it is Monday Night Football and the Bengals are playing and they're going to uh, and they're going to win finally this season. <laughs> so we're going to try to get this knocked out before then. Um, but it is a live happy hour. That's the whole reason to to do this is for us to all hang out together. Um, so as you get on, feel free to jump on the chat and uh, and tell us uh, what's going on in your life and what you're drinking and uh, how you're feeling and all of that. And uh, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Let's see. Marco is having a Neptune and cooking dinner. Let's see. Julia said that her and Josh took some of my advice from today's podcast and opened a bottle from the cellar from Humble Monk's first release, Thresher, the barrel-aged wheat wine. I wonder how that is drinking. Tell me. Um, because that is... Uh, when was that released? That was probably like 20, what, 2018. Is that right? Does that sound right? 2019, something like that. Uh, Josh is also drinking a tick TikTok. I, I still don't really know how you're supposed to uh, pronounce that. Uh, TikTok, TikTok from Rangeist. Um, and uh, see, so Julia says it's actually drinking very well, very well carbs still. 2019 or 2020? Uh, it was before 2020. I know that because I uh, it was an actual release. <laughs> that wouldn't have happened in 2020. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm going to crack open a beer here, um, but let me pull the chat up first so that you guys can all uh, see each other if you were on a different streaming platform. I'm going to crack open a beer, and um, it will lead me kind of into... Uh, Julia said sent a pic of it. Oh, you sure did. Oh, yeah, it's a good-looking beer. Um, if I had all of this set up the way it should be, I could share pictures. Uh, I could share my screen, but uh, I don't, so... You guys will, here, you can't even see that because it'll, there we go. There it is. Um, that's Thresher from Humble Monk. Uh, I do believe that I've had that. Uh, also, the phone lines are not up this week. Um, I don't have the phone hooked up because I got a new iPhone, which means that now it's USB-C, so I have to rework all of my cables to plug my phone in, which isn't that big of a deal, but it is a big deal because of how I had it hooked up. So uh, there's no phone lines tonight, but that's okay. Um, you guys can still jump on the chat uh, or feel free to send text messages. I get those. Uh, as you can see, you can text the, uh, the drunk line, which I guess I can pull up the number if you want to text it. Five, six, seven, 70 drink. Just don't, don't call in. Where is it over here? Right there. Don't do that. Just text five, six, seven, 70 drink. That's five, six, seven, seven, zero, three, seven, four, six, five. You can call, but I won't answer because nobody will be able to hear you. Uh, <laughs> but the chat works. 
Uh, Julia says, you're finally one of those cool kids with a USB device. Everything else is USB. That's uh, like all of my other devices. My iPad is USB. The computer is obviously USB. Everything is USB um, except the iPhones with the lightning. <laughs> so, yeah, now now it's USB all around, which is nice. I like it. Uh, but, man, is it a pain now having to switch cables out. I realize now, like, all of the little places around the house that I have random, like, lightning cables so I can plug my phone in if I need to that need swapped out. Um, sorry, my, my wife and my kids will be very happy with all of the influx of lightning cables that are about to head their way. I'm going to crack open a beer. Uh, and this is, uh, this is a different one for me, which, uh, well, not that different, but um, definitely a different realm, which will lead me into my first news story. Uh, <laughs> Orval. Um, uh, this is actually one of my uh, one of my all-time favorite beers, which is funny because I know that uh, historically um, I've mentioned sometimes that I'm not a huge fan of Belgian beers. Um, and it's still kind of true. Um, it is the over-the-top kind of spicy Belgian yeast that I just don't... It's not that I don't like it. Uh, it's just that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do a lot for me. <laughs> um, uh, not that it's bad, but... Um, it's a little different with a beer like Orval, though. Um, this is uh, surprisingly uh, a hoppy beer when it's fresh. With that being said, there's also Brett in it, which means that as it ages, uh, it changes dramatically uh, from anywhere from like one to five years. I think it's uh, the best. So I usually, um, I usually kind of rotate it uh, in and out uh, through the cellar. Um, I'm in the process right now of rebuilding up a nice little vertical of it. Uh, I went ahead and, and grabbed one of kind of the uh, the duplicate years that I had sitting around just to crack open tonight because I I wanted to drink it. I even had to dig under the bar to find my uh, Orval glass. Uh, so this was bottled on 7-7 of 2022. So it's not that old. We're at a year. Oh, she carby though. Look at that. Um, the reason that I uh, I mentioned that this leads into one of my news stories, we're gonna have to let that carb cal calm down a little bit while we um, talk. Uh, the reason I mentioned this uh, uh, being part of one of the news stories, uh, this is kind of I gotta. I got to figure out a way to uh, get the website to flow a little better the way I want it to. I still have not figured that that out quite yet um, because this is kind of tucked away in a spot that I don't like. Um, but there's uh, a big event coming up at Taste of Belgium, which uh, is not Orval. That would be awesome. But uh, it is uh, um, uh, still another one of the uh, the classic kind of uh, Belgian styles that um, I think a lot of people um, love the same way they do Orval, uh, Chimay. They're doing a Chimay beer dinner. And I'm, jeez, oh I'm all, my computer's really far away today for some reason. Oh, we're, we're getting there. We're calming down. If you've never had this beer, um, like in a, uh, a little vertical with a few different ears, you're definitely missing out. Because it really does, like, when it's when it's fresh, has this really kind of uh, it, it, a very, very Belgian-y character, but then that, that big kind of, uh, not big, the, the, the dry hop. And um, uh, as, as it kind of develops, it gets this really great kind of 
uh, earthy, barnyardy uh, flavor going on. The hard part is um, finding it fresh. Uh, not that that's a bad thing because, again, it's great as it ages, uh, but you really have to, like, be paying attention when you go into your bottle shops and looking at the dates on the bottle. Thank God they put the dates in a readable format on the bottle. All right, I'm going to dive into this here before I talk about uh, Taste of Belgium. I am all out of sorts. The camera is, like, too low. Microphone needs tightened up. My God, I can hear my kids making all kinds of noise upstairs. Oh, yeah. It has that uh, that big kind of banana uh, aroma. Mmm. Oh, man, that's good. Um, spicy, earthy, um, still still tastes fresh. It still has a little bit of that uh, um, that, that hop character, but, um, oh, man, that's, that's, that's one of those beers that is begging to be paired with uh, a dinner, um, which uh, if anybody from Taste of Belgium is listening, uh, do that one too because um, that would be a really, really great beer dinner. Uh that would actually be really fun, just uh, different aged Orvals with different uh, courses. That could be cool to show how it changes and how it brings different things out. So uh, I'm going to sit here and drink out of this obnoxious chalice while we uh, <laughs> while we talk. Um, so uh, uh, Chimay Beer Dinner, Taste of Belgium. It's October 4th, which I believe is what? Uh, it is next week. Okay, so next Wednesday, um, they're doing a four-course dinner. I have to pull the menu up here so I can talk about it. Um, so when you get there, they are... <laughs> Julia says it's no more obnoxious than Mike's fishbowl. Uh, his schooner. <laughs> I still prefer the term schooner. <laughs> Marcus is pimp cup. Um, uh, at Taste of Belgium, uh, since we're talking about them, they actually have these little Orval... Uh, goblets, but they're like uh, half size. They're like taster size, um, which don't exist anywhere else. Like you have to go to Orval in Belgium to find those. Um, and uh, um, they're really cool little glasses. You can get the the flight of all the Chimay's. That's uh, getting off topic though. Yeah, you can go there and get a flight of all four Chimay's, which uh, kind of does play into this a little bit because there are going to be five Chimay's at the beer dinner, which I've never seen before. I don't think it's ever existed in the United States before. So uh, October 4th, 6.30 p.m. Starts off with um, a beer hour, like a welcome beer. So you get there and you just kind of walk around talking to people uh, with a beer in your hand. Um, and that is the Chimay Gold, which I don't know the actual names like off the top of my head of each of the beers. I just call them by their color, which I think is uh, socially acceptable. I don't think Chimay would get mad about that. Um, Chimay Gold. Uh, then they are doing kind of, they're going to walk around with appetizers. So, you know, you can just kind of, again, keep talking and kind of eating while you're, uh, while you're, uh, while you're munching. And uh, they, uh, <laughs> they are bringing, uh, they're going to pair that with Chimay Red. And that is crostini with brie and fig jam. And then mini meatballs with syrup de uh, liege. That's some kind of... Uh, uh, some kind of sauce with meatballs. <laughs> um, and then obviously uh, little Christinis with, with brie and fig jam um, paired up with uh, Chimay Red, like I said. 
Then you're going to sit down and they're going to bring more appetizers, which I'm all about, especially at a place like Taste of Belgium. They have so many things on the menu that are just awesome. The kind of the small plates or appetizers and stuff are to me the way to go. Um, they are doing a uh, their Belgian beer cheese, which is uh, phenomenal. It's it was really really good beer cheese, very different than kind of a lot of the beer cheese that you uh, um, uh, you you find around uh, served with their their house made pretzels, uh, also good pretzels, and that is paired with the Chimay White. Then we're getting to the the entree, which uh, um, absolutely sounds incredible. <laughs> it is. Um, going to be uh, carbonades. I, I don't really know exactly what that is, um, but it is a shamed, shamed, a shamay red. I'm sorry, I'm trying to go fairly quickly so we can get this wrapped up for the Bengals. Shamay red beef stew frites, so fries with like beef stew on top, um, and then a house salad, and then the mussels, which you've never, if you've never had the mussels at uh, um, Taste of Belgium, they're really, really good. Um, with uh, uh, some kind of uh, chimay blue uh, something they're calling uh, mara marinara something or other. So some kind of sauce made out of chimay blue. And then um, house black bean or beyond burger. Um, so I, I assume that that's like in the... Uh, the beef stew, maybe? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It wouldn't be in the beef stew. I don't know if it's an actual burger on the side. <laughs> I don't know. Are those different options? I don't know. I don't know exactly. But, uh, yep, I'll, I'm, I'm fine with all of that. And then uh, dessert. Oh, sorry. That is paired. Here's where it gets really cool. That's paired with the Chimay Green, which the green just doesn't exist. Um, they uh, The the Chimay Green is called Sint Sicante. Um, they made it for the 150th anniversary of the brewery, sorry, the Abbey. Uh, so it's never, it's never been here before. Nobody's had this, uh, uh or I shouldn't say no, I'm sure there are people that have had it, but, um, it's not something that you see on tap at some other restaurant around town. I'm so excited to, uh, to try that one. And then dessert, uh, Chimay Blue with a pumpkin waffle. Yes. Give, give me that all day long. So, um, that's, that's where I'll be, uh, next, next week on Wednesday because, I cannot not uh, experience this. Uh, I've been on this Belgian beer kick for the last uh, month or so, just trying different things. Um, spent a few afternoons at Taste of Belgium, kind of grabbing things off their taps there. The Taste of Belgium down at the Banks has a really, really crazy um, uh, Belgian beer selection that uh, I don't know of any other place around town that has something like that. And um, yeah, we'll definitely... Uh, I'll, I'll definitely be there. <laughs> we'll definitely be there uh, feasting and drinking a bunch of Chimay. So that's that's the easy news. <laughs> They're all easy. <laughs> this is a good news week. It's a good, fun news week. Um, roll back to my notes. Um, I need to get a different uh, mouse so that I don't have to keep reaching across this whole thing. Um, ooh, let's, let's talk about this first. Uh, uh, this is not necessarily a news story. This is just something that uh, popped up that... Um, uh, sorry, let me make my text bigger on the screen here so I can I can read this and make sure I don't mess anything up because this uh, this gets under my skin a little bit. Um, uh, not necessarily. Uh, well, well, we'll just dive in. 
Farley Corns posted this on their social media today. Uh, and I don't know if you can read the, uh, it's over here, the text. I don't know if you can read that. It might be a little too small, so I'll read it to you. Uh, Joe Bridges. I had Shemay Green at Jessup's Tavern in Delaware. It's one of the oldest houses in the U.S. that was turned into an excellent old-style pub about 75 years ago. That's great. Um, did they have all of them? Did they have all five? <laughs> I, like I said, there it's it's around, but it is very very rare to get uh, the uh, Chimay Green. Um, but I'm man, I'm excited to uh, to pair it up with a with a dinner. Uh, all right, uh, barley corns. I don't know if you're able to read the text on here, so I'll read it to you because uh, this gets under my skin just a little bit. Uh, not that it's it's bad, but it's just it's it's a it's a thing. Um, it says, thanks to overwhelming feedback from our awesome guests, Barleycorn's Brewhouse is now offering domestic favorites like Miller Lite and Michelob Ultra. But don't worry, our signature in-house brews aren't going anywhere. We're still passionate about brewing up new selections. Have you tried our newest on tap, Oktoberfest and the Highlands Underground Brown? Cheers to more choices at Barleycorn's Brewhouse. Uh, I got a lot to say about this. Um, and it's probably not a good night to really dive into it, but uh, this is the whole kind of thing. When people talk about, um, and Joe says they did, Jessup's Tavern heavily focuses on hard-to-get Belgian beers. Just Google their absurd tap and bottle menu. It's like 200 pages. That's fantastic. Um, I would definitely like to check that place out. Um, the whole thing with like uh, when we talk about how craft breweries kind of have changed and evolved, and we've we've talked about this several different times on Cincy Brewcast with different people, uh, we we kind of scratch the surface when we start talking about the slushy machines and seltzers and even a wine menu or a cocktail menu at a brewery. How how different <laughs> of a of a mindset that that forces you to have. Um, and I have, I have a post that I'm working on that I've been working on for a while, kind of about this whole idea. Um, the places that I've talked to, especially kind of going into the slushy side, um, they have said that it did not change their beer sales at all when you look at kind of the, uh, the data over time. It just sold more things. It just made other people have something to drink that maybe weren't drinking or weren't hanging out as long or something, but they were not, it doesn't affect their beer sales from the places that I've talked to. Uh, I 100% think that a move like this does affect your beer sales, uh, which Marco kind of pointed out. It's a good way to sell less of your own beer. The question is how much do they care? Somebody has to care. Somebody has to like. There's got to be somebody on board at Barleycorns that understands craft beer that actually cares. Um, if you're gonna like, how how far do you push this? So like, if you have people coming in wanting, uh, and I hate that they worded it this way in the post, domestic beer because you don't get any more domestic than made right next to where you're sitting eating your your wings. Uh, if you have people asking for that and you're just going to go that route, why bother having the brewery in the first place? Just, you know, buy great craft beer from somebody else. There's plenty of breweries around town making great craft beer. Why? I just, I do not understand the logic of it. I don't think, I don't think you're going to, I, I, I can't for the life of me uh, imagine that somebody who wants a uh, Miller Lite isn't just going to be okay drinking your Pilsner or something else on tap that's similar. 
Uh, Julia says, it's one thing to offer a competing brand's product that is something you do not sell. An example, a brewery uh, selling a seltzer when they don't make seltzer, but selling something that directly competes with your own product. How long until they're just barleycorns again and not a brew house? That's a great question. Like, what happens when uh, you realize that most people that are sitting in your bar just want to drink the domestics? Um, man. Marco says, because breweries print money. Don't you know that? I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that many times. <laughs> so this kind of got under my skin a little bit. Um, I think it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's not uh, it's not a good look for a brewery to me. Um, not that you should be uh, insulting people who are coming in and asking for uh, macro brands, um, but I don't think you should necessarily offer that that's that's not to me that's not the role of a of a brewery or a tap room uh, that's the role of uh, the bar down the street who uh, maybe sells craft beer too but uh, I don't know it's like I don't I don't go into McDonald's expecting pizza uh, even if my kids ask for it <laughs> which they will some days they may walk into McDonald's and scream uh, especially the youngest uh, the three-year-old Every time we go to McDonald's, he tries to order a hot dog. They don't have hot dogs. That's okay. Just because he's coming in there, uh, a lot of times, ordering a hot dog doesn't mean that they should be sitting there like, you know what we should sell? Hot dogs. That guy comes in here all the time ordering hot dogs. We should sell them. No, no, you shouldn't. That's what Jolly's down the street is for. Jolly's is a, a drive-in here in Fairfield for anybody that doesn't know. Man, ugh, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. Um, anyways, one thing I do like and something that uh, we can definitely uh, talk a few minutes about uh, is Great American Beer Festival. Um, as as I think usual or how it should be always, uh, we did good. Uh, Cincinnati did good. Ohio did great. Um, it is just another kind of big flag to the world that uh, Ohio is... Uh, for craft beer and if you want to travel somewhere in this country and get great craft beer ohio should be on your list and cincinnati should definitely be on their list and i want to want to talk i'll talk a little bit about some of the specific medals that uh that were won but i do want to uh, let me move this just a little bit just so i can kind of see it a little better um i do want to talk about some of the kind of the stats and some of the fun things that i dug out of my notes um this is the 27th edition of Great American Beer Festival of the competition, which doesn't, the math doesn't seem to make sense to me, um, but that's what, that's what they said. <laughs> that's, in fact, now that I'm reading it, there's no way that's right. Um, the competition has been going on since uh, like 80, 87, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Th that doesn't make sense. So my notes can't be right. Unless there was a whole lot of years that they just didn't do the competition. Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, and then, uh, let's see, beers this year. There were 9,298 beers um, uh, that were in the uh, the judging this year. Those came from 2,033 breweries from all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. Um, if you will uh, bear with me for a second while I try to adjust all of my things here so that I can put the game on. <laughs> I promise we'll wrap this up here really soon, but um, 
I do want to make sure. Here, we'll just, we'll just take this and we will do this and we'll do this. Turn that off. Um, so in that time, I'll try to talk while I'm while I'm trying to pull up the game. Uh, in that time, uh, Cincinnati has uh, meddled many, many different years. Uh, at the beginning of kind of all of that, we had we had a couple breweries here in town that were doing incredible things, uh, namely um, Hootapult Chainling. Uh, we're uh, uh, racking up medals with uh, uh, the Hootie beers and with Little Kings. Um, let's see. Sorry, should have should have prepped a little better. All right, we're good to go. All right, we, we will we will wrap this up here in just a minute, guys. Um, Let's see. The category with the highest number of entries was uh, Juicy or Hazy IPA. Of course, there were 303 total medals awarded um, for 263 medal-winning breweries. Uh, 325 first-time GABF uh, entrants and uh, 16 first-time winners this year. Um, Burrow is on the field. As far as Ohio goes, um, Ohio, uh, 2019 was a great year for GABF for Ohio. Uh, they set a record, um, brought in 15 medals. This year we beat that and brought in 19 different medals. Um, so broke our record as a state. Um, since 1987, Ohio breweries have won 202 different medals, 70 of them being gold medals. Um, let's see, let's, uh, let's break that down a little bit. Um, the, the brewery here in town that has won the most medals at GABF, and this is just, uh, actual beer medals. It doesn't count like uh, brewery of the year and that kind of stuff. Um, although I th the, the stat would still be kind of <laughs> the same, uh, Brink has still, uh, at the top of the list has won 10 different medals. Um, uh, number two might surprise some people is uh, the the modern brewery Sinbev uh, because they've kind of encapsulated encapsulated a lot of those other brands. Um, they have seven different medals uh, under their brands right now. Uh, Third Eye is catching right up though. They've had five now: uh, three to Madtree, three to Rheingeist, two to Fifty West, two to Listerman, two to Sonder, two to Tafts, two to Narrow Path. One to Big Ash, one to Eight Ball, one to Fretboard, and one for Main Street Brewery, uh, RIP. Um, uh, so, a lot of these are are breweries that are still um, at the the peak of what they're doing. That um, I anticipate we will see lots more to come from them in uh, coming years. Um, so total over, um, there we go. Look, they can move the ball um, over. Uh, the history of um, GABF, uh, Cincinnati Breweries have brought home 42 different medals, uh, 22 of those gold, 13 silvers, and 7 bronzes. Uh, so that is um, out of Ohio, 21% uh, 20, of the medals that have been won by Ohio have been from Cincinnati Breweries. 
I am definitely okay with that stat. <laughs> Even better, uh, as far as gold medals, 31% of gold medals that have been won at GABF have been won by Cincinnati breweries. I'm definitely okay with that stat too. Um, we do have to mention Fatheads a little bit. Um, and uh, they obviously, they're the most decorated brewery in the state. They brought home three more gold medals this time. Uh, shout out. Uh, Joe says, what state won GABF? Um, I don't know. I didn't actually look that up. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do not know the answer. Maybe somebody can look it up while I keep rolling through some stuff. Um, they, uh, Fatheads brought home three gold medals, uh, including um, a headhunter again, their IPA. Uh, it just won at World Beer Cup. Now it's winning at GABF. Um, it is, it's a, it's a heck of a beer, and this is uh, just another um, instance of proving that loudly. Um, and also Alpenglow, which is their Weizenbach, uh, took home its fifth gold medal. I mean, just like Fatheads is a absolute machine. Um, uh, Julia says Third Eye won Small Brewery of the Year. Uh, that's my next note here. Third Eye brought home three solo gold medals, gold medals plus a collaboration gold medal with a Narrow Path um, and got Brewery of the Year. And they are making it very clear that they are uh, not done meddling. Uh, this is a, a huge statement about um, Kelly's talent uh, there. If anybody doesn't know, he was at Brink before Third Eye. Uh, Muzi, which is um, uh, a milk stout from Brink, is his recipe. Um, it's, uh, it's, he's, he's incredible. He's, uh, unstoppable. <laughs> um, I'll roll through Cincinnati's medals real quick and we'll wrap things up. Uh, third eye, uh, like I said, had, uh, three solo and, um, and then one, uh, collaboration medal. Uh, they won a gold for their chai eye captain, <laughs> uh, gold for double astral, which is definitely one before, um, Gord darn it, uh, silver for their pumpkin beer. And then the uh, Mounds of Importance, which is their silver uh, collaboration medal. Oh, there we go. There's the stack. California, 73. Colorado, 40. Oregon, 23. Texas, 19. And Ohio, 19. Um, yep, that, that, that all tracks. That's, that's <laughs> kind of right where I thought it would be. Um, Brink, two more medals this year. Little Zumi. So Zumi won, uh, I believe, last year at GABF. Uh, this is kind of a smaller version of it. It's a, um, I believe, a coffee milk stout. Uh, and then Muzi, the most award-winning beer in the entire uh, city, um, uh, got a, uh, a bronze medal. Uh, it is incredible to think of Brink. Uh, they have won a medal at GABF every single year that they've been open. That's really, really hard to do and uh, impressive that they just keep keep doing it. Uh, Narrow Path, Restless Seas. Uh, this is it's like fourth medal at different uh, um, uh, different festivals. Uh, it's it's third kind of uh, real significant medal. Um, they got a silver for that one, and then of course the collaboration medal for Mounds of Importance. Um, that beer, by the way, is is awesome. I got a little sneak taste of it while they were working on it, and then another sneak taste. Um, right after they kegged it up and everything, and it is uh, fantastic. They took um, uh, they took Kelly's uh, milk stout and kind of combined it with um, the Narrow Path coffee, uh, or I'm sorry, coconut porter, and uh, made something that is just 
really, really good. <laughs> um, uh, Rheingeist. Rheingeist, biggest brewery in town. Uh, I always get happy when I see them actually win an award. I know they get a lot of uh, crap because they're the biggest uh, brewery in town. Um, their new beer called Kiwi the Bird. It is a uh, New Zealand IPA. Uh, got gold medal, so uh, hats off to them. Madtree with Legendary Lager. Bronze medal for uh, for Light Lager. So good, 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 good roundup this year. Uh, some good medals. Uh, I do have the full Ohio list, but we won't uh, we won't go through that because uh, it's too long and uh, and the game has started. So um, I'm gonna go watch that and uh, drink my Orval and then um, probably go try to put kids to bed on a commercial or something. Maybe they can last until halftime. I don't know. Um, thanks for hanging out guys. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know how we were going to do this tonight. Um, I'm glad we didn't have to try to, uh, do an entire show during halftime or something like that. Um, anyways, uh, I will be down at, uh, at Kolsch night tomorrow at uh, Northern row. If anybody, uh, wants to go drink Kolsch beer, come hang out with me. Um, I think that's it. Cheers, everybody. Uh, and there's still there's there's probably a lot of other things we should have talked about that we we just don't have time for. <laughs> there's luckily we'll be back next week um, because we're back every week. Um, if you like this, if you like anything that I do, go to thenarlynome.com/support and you can help that way. And we'll uh, we'll see you later. Cheers, everybody. wonder how many people are watching Monday Night Football drinking beer out of a goblet. There might be like four. <laughs> <laughs>